Each choice we make moves us toward fear or love. On my Life and Laughter podcast, we'll talk about those choices and learn how to attract more love and connection and laughter. This is Perry Kinder. Let's get started. All right. I am very happy to have in our, my podcast studio today for my next episode, Linda Smart Brown. I have just admired her and followed her, not stalking followed you, but well, I'm really, <laughs> I watch you and the things that you do. And I'm just always amazed at your energy level and the things that you have accomplished. And I'm just going to run through some of these things that you've done. It's just just so intimidating to me. You've done so oh, don't be things. intimidated, Perry. It's just <laughs> filling my filling the void of my life. <laughs> the void of filling the void with kindness, which is something oh. that you do. You won the president of the Utah Congressional Award for helping youth in 1987. No, actually, I ran the, I ran the charity. Oh, so tell me about that. All right, so, let's just jump right in. All right. Go right ahead. So, let's talk about so you. in in 1987, my kids are starting to leave the nest. My youngest daughter is now 12. Well, actually, they're not quite leaving the nest yet, but they're getting ready to. My youngest daughter was 12, and uh, my brother brought to me an idea that he read in a scouting magazine about a, a, an award called the Congressional Award for Youth, and he said, "I really want my son to earn this, and your daughter should too." But it's not here in Utah. Let's do something. And I said, okay, well, let's just contact them and let's do it. <laughs> let's just get it done. Well, okay, let's just go do it. So we contacted them. And uh, my brother, who I will probably talk about in a little while, but um, he, uh, being a quadriplegic, was unable to actually do what needed to be done as far as uh, running this uh, charity. So uh, I just stepped up and became the president. And now normally these are run in just simple – in. Each, in congr- each congressional award district, but because there was nothing in Utah, they said, would you just take all of Utah? <laughs> sure. Like, oh, sure was. Why? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you, you betcha. Got it, got it. So, so uh, we did, and the whole premise behind it is to take youth ages uh, 12 to 21 and help them earn this award, which consists of uh, physical fitness, personal development, and then a double time of a charity and giving back and uh, volunteerism. And so uh, different levels uh, on the gold award, there was the bronze, silver, and gold. And at the gold level, it's 400 hours of volunteer service over oh, wow. over two years. And so um, my daughter at 12 decided she was going to earn them all, and she did. And uh, she was the first young woman a, to do that. And then the go- on the gold level, you are invited to go to Washington, and you're presented the gold medal in a congressional room and with a group of congressmen who present these awards and and so that was what how the congressional award happened and that was in uh, 1987 and so that that kind of started it Uh, my husband was involved in that with me and uh, we did that for about six years until some family things happen and it it was something that I had to take off my platter because I had family responsibilities at the time but um, it was probably the most rewarding thing I'd ever done, knowing we had over 100 youth who had spent years earning these awards and guiding them to really create uh, some volunteer opportunities for themselves. And, I mean, one young woman took on doing a guide dog for the blind took her a year i mean some of the things so much work yes well some of the things that these young uh people brought 
saying, will this, will this be approved? Is, will this work? Is this something I can do? Were amazing. And it really opened my eyes through their eyes to what opportunities there were out there for uh, giving and service and, and such. Uh, my daughter, uh, Christy, uh, did some amazing things too. She found things on her own. She w- volunteered for Splore, which was special uh, populations learning outdoor recreation education. I'm not even sure if they're still around, oh. uh, but she she did some things with them and a lot at the Boys and Girls Club, which opened another right, opportunity. Another. So is that is that kind of when you started the youth programs that you've been involved with all these years? Was that about the time? Yes, uh, that's when I started uh, through her experiences with Boys and Girls Club, I got involved with Boys and Girls Club. And, and being involved is an understatement. You have like been <laughs> the face of the Boys and Girls Clubs in Utah for for a long time. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's been, it's, uh, there. that's an amazing organization right. and they do so much. And, and there's so many things that people can uh, do to help them. And I was involved with the South Valley Club, which was in the Murray area where I reside. And uh, gosh, I was helping with, um, oh, it's been over 30 years that I've been involved yeah, with for them. a long time. And part of that was finding out what that club needed in order to uh, really bolster some of the things they were doing, whether it was reading to some of the kids, whether it was, uh, whether it was food, they had a nursery and they really didn't have funding for a breakfast program then. And so I got some people involved and friends of mine in a sorority I would belong to. And we started providing food items for breakfast for these kids, because some of them were just coming with, with, I mean, we're talking three, three and four year olds coming to that nursery with cup of coffee and a wow. donut or something. Oh I mean, gosh. there was nothing nutritious about diet. it. Yeah, it was really sad. And so uh, we started bringing them nutritious food that they could prepare in their kitchens and oatmeals and, and some cold cereals as well that, that, were, that were were nutritionally balanced and and not just sugared cereals and such. Right. So so that kind of started. Uh, is that how the, the Kids Eat program started? Oh, my gosh. The yeah. I mean, it just, you know what happens it's is. It's like a snowball. It, it is. It's it exactly, that's exactly yeah. what happened. <laughs> and so when we, we, you know, we did the breakfast program for maybe a year and a half, two years, when uh, one of the little girls, was, uh, there was a, a little girl that was, caught stealing food from their little pantry. They had a little tiny pantry, about smaller than a, I mean, a closet. Right. And uh, they had some food in there for some kids that needed to take food home or if they missed lunch or something, they could grab something. And this little girl was taking this can of SpaghettiOs and she said, why are you taking this when you're leaving? She was hiding it. Mm. And uh, she said, well, it's told me and my little brother will have something to eat tonight. Oh, and I went, okay. We need to know more about this story. What's right. going on here? Right. And we found out there were like 14 children in that club that actually were going home and not having food at night. And so, for the said, whole, well, like for the and for the weekend and for the weekend. Yeah. And so, well, and, and in the middle of the week, too. Right. But. 
So that just kind of opened the door to, well, we got to do something about this. So I love how you just you find a problem and you think, okay, I'm just going to solve it. And so I create a foundation. <laughs> I'm going to create the Kids Eat Foundation, and I'm going to feed kids in the Boys and Girls Clubs. And, and so that's been happening for, how long ago was that, that you started that? Well, that was in 14. That was in okay. 2014 so and December 5th, actually, oh, when wow. we sat down. I sat down with Bob Dunn from the club, a couple of uh, uh, go-getters in the community, and said, here's the problem. Now, how are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? And right. so we then said, well, what are we going to name it? Came up with Kids Eat. Uh, how, who's going to be on the board? Okay, you be the secretary. You be the da 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 And we just, nom- <laughs> just nominated everybody. And, and, and so I just went through and said, okay, well, let's do this. And well, further on, and one of the questions you you primed me <laughs> with, with this is like, what was the scariest thing you ever did? Yeah, well, yeah. It really... I have to bring that forward. It's really not been scary uh, because uh, it's just been all exciting and a new opportunity to learn something more. And I've always felt like learning and is what you take with you. Right. I, I learned that a long right. time ago. So, okay, well, that's why I'm unemployable. Really, <laughs> because I, I once I've learned it, I go well, now. I got to learn something new right, because I've got that. Yeah. So now, what do I don't know? That's so, why you stay young because you're you're in a constant state of learning. Which some people just give up. It's like ah, I'm just going to watch TV the rest of my life. Well, you know, someone said you're you're going to do what? And I said, well, I'm at age seventy going to start this charity <laughs> called Kids Eat. And so they brought me this book on how to run a charity, and it was I, I swear it's tw- it was two inches thick, and I. It, normally I would have been so intimidated by the, by the, I mean, that was like yeah, reading, little, that was like reading little women. I mean, that was like, <laughs> like not as interesting yeah. or yeah. War and peace. Anyway. Ugh. So, uh, I, but I jumped into that with the most enthusiasm. I you was did. so excited because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what it took. I didn't know anything. It's a government thing. It probably requires all this stuff, right. all this paperwork. And I mean, I got this book, I redlined it, I, I made notes in it, and then I just proceeded and thought, well, you know what, they'll just have to catch me. You know, the thing about what you did is you it never came across that you didn't know what you were doing. You always seemed so capable. I'd hear you speak at you know, chamber events and, and Boys and Girls Club events about this program. I think, how does she know just how to start a food program and how to get donations? And I, It's just been such an amazing thing to watch you grow these programs and it was always astonishing to me too is how many kids are hungry and that just blew my mind this is seven years ago it's like I didn't realize kids in Utah because there's no reason for them to be hungry well that's true that's true and it's the biggest hidden problem I mean it it is a silent hidden problem and people say I say there are children in your neighborhood and they go no 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 not in my neighborhood everybody thinks that everybody lives the way they live right and they're not aware that that they either aren't reading they aren't eating i mean all of the things that you might find normal in your home they people think that everyone else lives like they do right. and they, they have don't food to eat no yeah, warm place to sleep exactly yeah. and i say well you got any do you have any new kids that have come to your home with your with your children after school that kind of all each out of house and home right. well maybe yeah. that's the child yeah. that that's the only food they got that day yeah. or if they're in title one area schools they've maybe got the lunch and that might have been their only meal yeah, sometimes there's a breakfast and yeah. uh and it's a it's a problem that that we look to fix and 
uh, it started in my basement with five backpacks. And I've got to tell you, number five is the magic number. Let's go back to that in a minute. But five backpacks just to start feeding five kids. I thought maybe even I could afford to buy enough food for a weekend for five kids. But I just threw it out to my sorority. I threw it out to everybody I knew, my neighborhood, my family. I just started talking about it. And nobody wants a child to be hungry. I mean, no, I mean, children are innocent in any situation they find themselves in. They didn't create it. They didn't want it. They're just there. They're the innocents. And why would we not try and find something in order to help them? Uh, And so all of a sudden I was having food on my porch that I didn't know where it came from. I mean, I didn't know who left it there. And I'm going, oh, this is cool. We got two cases of chili. So I turned my husband's office. Now, my husband had recently died. And and that's another one of the uh, impetuses that I had behind going and doing things is that um, now what do I do? And so I'm filling this space with with, um, helping other people because that's kind of been from my very youth where my mindset was because of my family situations and right. things. And let's talk about that just a little bit. Okay. Um, because you have always had this philanthropic mindset. And I think you think that's normal. And that's oh, not. It should be. <laughs> it should be. But I don't think people think that way. So in your life, I know you've had a lot of trials and, and struggles in your, in, your, in your youth and your family. How did those frame your, your mind to want to help other people? Well, you said it. It seems normal. I mean, that seems like, for me, that is the norm. That's the core of who I am. Uh, Because in a family where at age 11, uh, my older brother, who was 12 years older than myself, uh, became a quadriplegic, and he was brought home and and cared for there by my parents. So where where I was, being so much older than me, I was really the only child. I was, I was the only girl. I was just, I mean, I was like an only child. And all of a sudden that whole d- dynamic changed when he came uh, home and we had, we built a home to accommodate his needs. And uh, my parents became caregivers and I became the caregiver to my parents. Wow. As that was later explained to me. Right. That's a is, hard thing for a child. Well, and I didn't realize it at the time either. It was just a lot long, you know, much later when someone explained to me, this says, well, in, in the trauma that came through your family with this, this experience, um, you saw that you no longer had all their attention. You became the caregiver to them so that they could be the caregiver to you. Wow. I mean, I, that's pretty deep. That is deep. I mean, yeah, I'm like, that's a oh, lot of wow. responsibility too. But I mean, and I didn't know. Sure. I mean, it was normal. It was conscious thing. It was normal. I just yeah. saw my parents giving care, giving, and, and I became. Uh, part of that role, and you eventually became a nurse. I did, and, and you that took was, care of your yeah, brother for a long time. I did, and that was that was just, that seemed normal. That would be like obviously that like, was what, what you I'm would do. Of course, like, <laughs> of course, I'm the next person to take care of everybody. Right, that's my job, and and that kind of still plays in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I have to always stop and step back and say. Yeah, what what am I doing to care for me? Right, that was my next question. <laughs> you read my mind. Yes, what am I doing to care for me so that I can be there to care for or give to others? Right. And it has been hard many times. I get so caught up in what we're doing and the cause, whatever it is, whoever I'm assisting at the time, because um, 
there's so many opportunities out there and so many so much need so much need and so yeah. many worthy causes that people can get involved in and do that that uh, sometimes I do overextend even within my own own um, programs uh, lack of sleep and and I'm one of those and I get this from my father my mind never turns off I have one of those racing minds right. I'll wake up at three in the morning with ideas or something will pop into my mind or I'll be driving along and, and it'll, and I go, I've got to write this down or it will go. I mean, it, <laughs> right. you have those yeah. ideas, oh, they yeah. come, they go, you'll, what you know, was that? And you what think you're going to remember those and, the, and then you don't. Yeah. So you, you don't. So down. in the middle of the night so that you can sleep. And I know a lot of people that, that are, that I'm familiar with that I, I kind of hang with that run, also run charities. Um, have the same thing is that when they they kind of have the same mindset they're thinking of things or waking up in the early morning or middle of the night two forty five is a good time for me to I mean I'm, and I've just only gone to sleep at one right because I mean well we'll talk about Uganda in a minute but I'm talking yeah, to them and Uganda there. yeah we're getting there but anyway so um, uh, I found that I thought, okay in order to let go of it and I'm not going to carry it in my brain or I'm going to stay awake all night so I've got to save this idea somehow so I. Got a, my little tape recorder back in the olden days when people carried around little tape recorders, and I would tape record, and then I would oh, play it back in the morning. And one of the things I discovered about myself is I speak in tongues oh, in really? the middle of. I mean, you could not understand a <laughs> word doesn't? I said. I mean, really. I mean, it was blue. Well, what was I saying? You know, <laughs> I wonder what that good I idea exactly is that's what you gone. Were yeah. So now I have to write it down, and sometimes I can read it. I mean, right. it's like you're riding on the bed, you know, and you anyway. sound asleep still. Yeah. So anyway. And so going back to the Kids Eat It, I know it was acquired by USANA a couple of years ago. Yes. Thank God for and, USANA. Yeah. And they stepped in and they, now the outreach to kids is how, how many meals did they provide? Well, we went from the five to the 15 in my basement. And then we took, we took the uh, program to a school because we'd outgrown my basement. I literally, uh, the very fir- first food drive that I got people involved in with that was the Department of Corrections, the Utah Department of Corrections. They literally filled a giant truck, sent officers to my house to unload, oh, wow. and my neighborhood was just going, what's going on? <laughs> what her? Why are all these policemen? And <laughs> we knew it. Yeah, they literally filled my house, all of my family room, all of the day. Ba- I mean, we were, stacking, we were stacking food in the tub. Oh, I mean, it was, my house was literally filled with food and that was the beginning i mean really that set the, the tone kind of the impetus yes and so we outgrew my house very fast and took over a room at a school and that had been was no longer a school and the murray city gave it to us at a very cheap price because they knew we were feeding their children right and uh, then we took up two rooms and pretty soon we had the whole top floor of this school because <laughs> we kept we well the need we kept finding more and more and more so once we started with doing all the boys and girls clubs i mean murray murray was our all i wanted to do and then the whole boys and girls clubs administration said you're an answer to a prayer we've right. had on our goal board. Would you please could, okay, feed all of our feed kids our now? Children, and I, went, yeah. I said, well, I guess I'm feeding all the kids. You know, so now how do we do? So, right. And that's how that expanded. It's like the and, loaves and fishes story. Yeah, just, it and just so we were doing, when USANA came into my world, we were doing 850 bags a week oh of gosh. children So in, in this school. And, and that's when I went, and we were way overextended the kids took home on the weekends is that right weekend bags of food with seven meals wow and we were doing 20 extra bags that went to 
uh, areas where children lived in cars, and people mm. didn't know that happened either. So mm-hmm. that was different food. That there was no heat source, no water source. I mean, really, I mean, it just had to be open and eat. Mm. And so, um, anyway, USANA did come and said, "You've got a program we want. Uh, will you?" gift it to us and let us make it bigger and turn it national. And so I went, yes, I'm ready (laughs) to do this. Yes, please. Yes, yes, because I saw the potential of where this was now going. Mm. And so we went from my basement to the school, and now it's in a a 17,000-square-foot building. I've been out there. Yeah, we we filled some bags. It was really cool. I know. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I know. It's fabulous. And and people can call and um, uh, or go online to to you sauna kids eat and and sign up and take your your family, your church group, your And December's a good month to do that. I mean, people want to do service projects in December. They are doing, yes, and they're doing some amazing things down there. I am now on an advisor to their board of directors, so I have my finger on the inside. Now, of course, this is my legacy. I want it to thrive and survive. But It's one of your legacies. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about Uganda since you brought it up. So how did you get how did I jump from there yeah that seems like a big literal a big leap like across the world for for about three years uh that I had been doing kids eat I had been I had been approached on Facebook the messenger side uh by a young man in you uh in Uganda named Sam Begenda and he uh how did he find you just roaming through Facebook. I don't know. Actually, I've never asked him. And how did you trust him? Like, oh, yeah, this well, sounds I legit. didn't. I didn't in the beginning. I thought, oh, you know, this is, I mean, is he, he's, is he the prince of, of Nigeria? <laughs> or, he or he's he's going to got money, money yeah. for me. Or going to ask me. And I thought, as soon as he asks me for money, I'm, he's, you know, I'm You're blocked. Done. He's gone. But basically all he said is, was, will you help me with my English? Wow. And I said, I can do that. So he would send a sentence, and we were just communicating in writing at the time. He'd send something, I'd, I'd correct it and send it back. And uh, and then I realized um, we need to talk. And he wasn't asking for anything except when he came, after a while he was looking at my kids eat posts, and he said, is it possible for you to help me start that here? Wow. My children, my all the children in my city of Catwe are starving. Wow. And can you help me? And I went, oh, how could I not help oh, him? Really? You know, I mean, no. there I was, not, you know, because now we were friends. <laughs> right. And we were sending tapes back, videotapes back and forth of what it's like for to live. He would send me a little videotape on his phone that he'd take. This is what it's like to live where I live. And I'm sending him videotapes. And so I went through a bunch of hoops to try to figure out how to start a similar Kids Eat program in Uganda. And I could not figure it out. And I was very discouraged and very hurt. Um, but, um, in the meantime, he's, he's saying, he's sharing his dreams with me. He's saying, but this can be done. You can do this. We have to find a different way. So he's pushing and dreaming and his, his ideas were so big. And I, I mean, I'm just, I can't dismiss them, but I don't know how to fulfill them. Right. And, uh, I, and, and so one day I, I said, I just can't figure it out. Let me keep working on this. And, and then I was sent him a video of my walking my neighborhood where there was those little free libraries, little freestanding oh, yeah. libraries. I said, oh, by the way, oh, look at this. This is in my neighborhood and kids can come and get books. And then he said, oh, my gosh, let's do that. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's easier. Yeah, you right, know, food right. is hard, but books aren't. So uh, he... 
I said, we, you need help. You can't do this alone. Find two or three, four people that you trust and know and with you know, integrity and, and such and get them together and let's figure this out. And so uh, they got a builder who said, okay, and I got, I just reached into my own funds at the mo- at, at the time to get it started, and which were, which are very limited, by the way. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm a widow. We've been feeding the world for, for years. You know, so, uh, so I... It, we got a, the, some a library built, and then I, I started reaching out, and I thought, okay, this now becomes a sponsorship program. Sponsor a library in Uganda, get your name on it. You've got a legacy on the other side of the world, right? And so people love that, and so all of a sudden, I had twelve libraries paid for it, four hundred dollars a piece. <laughs> now that now now that buys the po- cost of the library, the painting. We decided to put a mascot from a, an African animal ascot, mascot. So we had the lion, the zebra, the zip, the, the hippo, I mean, whatever. And so the um, uh, that money covered a dedication of the library because this was something new, unique. Sure. We went to, and we are in five communities in Uganda. Oh, my goodness. And uh, that's over 100, well, it's about 1,000 children that can come and and frequent the libraries we get the books locally there i mean we right. can't send them that's sure, cost those, prohibitive yeah. but we we fill them with books from there and uh, it's it's the uh it's the revelation bookstore and so i mean and the names of our people that are on our team besides sam our charity peace humble wow. i mean i mean it just gives me chills to think of these these kind volunteers that are over there giving of their time and they have nothing. And they, ha- they have and nothing. It all started with one man reaching out to you on Facebook. Exactly, exactly. It's crazy. And so, and so we talk every day. Sam and I still talk every day. And I said, I want you to put put that in. Tell me that story or tell me that. And and on Messenger, you can put a voice message. And so he says, all right, I will be happy to trap my voice and send it to you. And I'm, I'm through telling him awesome. how to speak. His, you know, the way That's he's... That's the best way to say it. I'm, the way, Yes, I said, the way you say things is so colorful and so magical that I, I just want you to speak the way yeah. you speak, yeah. how you interpret That's that beautiful. meaning. And so... Uh, the children we're reaching with the libraries are in communities that have no public education. Those It is available. Uh, government education is available to kids, but it's only like 10 in 100 that actually get to go there, and it still costs a little bit. Uh, private schools out of the question. So these are really the poorest, deepest um, villages, communities that there are there. These children have never seen a book. Let alone hold a book. So when we put the little library in, when you go to our our website, which is uh, kidsreaduganda.org, you can see the pictures there. Of these beautiful pictures. Oh, Oh, the the children children are beautiful. Oh no, I just, I just, I just. Oh gosh, they are. I just love them all, and uh, their their wonderment in their faces, it just brings me to tears every day. Oh, sure. And you know you're making a difference, even if the slightest difference to in the in the lives of these children. One more time, they're just the innocence of the world that, that why would we not help them if right. we can? And so um, I have pictures there that have these children holding the book for the very first time, and the book is upside down. <laughs> 
And so we have to teach them even to turn the book right side up. You can see the animals in this book not standing on their heads, but they're on their feet. Right. They're on the ground. And so we, uh, when COVID hit, well, I'll let me go back. They have the, the, when we would dedicate a library, maybe 100 children would show up. And, wow. and, and I said, get cake and get drinks and let's celebrate this for this little community first time these children have ever had a bite of cake and literally they were only ordering one cake for a hundred kids and they were giving the children like half a bite wow. and dropping little pieces in there i said would you order more cakes <laughs> just buy a bigger cake just would you buy more cakes please <laughs> so everybody gets at least a piece right. and then we realized they passed the fork around yeah, then we realized that these kids had dirty hands when we were eating this cake and i said okay can we can we install some way to wash their hands so now we opened our little sanitation stations oh and we gosh. started our health and wellness program and they said, they're amazing well well then yeah i mean these are the things that these are the the problems that they have right. and if, if there's a way for us i say i go back and i say okay could, can everybody just pitch in another 20 dollars so that we can get your child uh some, these, some of these children nets so that they don't get malaria right. most of these children are postal poor they don't have sleeping nets okay. so we got sleeping nets and then uh, and then COVID hit now we had to buy masks so we went out and we started buying you know had some specialty masks made so for all the little kids so that they are wearing them and and then uh, they could they couldn't gather at the library anymore because they couldn't gather in groups and they right. were in a lockdown right so how do we educate how do we continue this we started another program over there called clip Children Learning Independently program. Well, they have to, we, have to, we have to take it to their homes. Wow. So uh, we got some tutors, and our, our staff is so educated and so brilliant. And uh, we got these tutors who would go out to the children and meet with them in small groups in their little communities, and we got them workbooks. So now they're, they're learning. Uh, we may have seven or eight-year-olds eight who are uh, learning apple to apple. They're in the first early nursery school books learning and we have permission slips that I drew up and said this is what we expect from you as the parent of this child and this is what we will provide and the parents are giving their permission for me to post those pictures of their children with a thumbprint they don't know how to write their names they couldn't recognize their name if they saw it so our goal is to get as many of these children at least through a second grade education so that they could be determined to be literate right. as possible wow. so anyway that's that's kind of what we've got going on in uganda that's crazy and so then then last spring 2020 spring you had so much time on your hands i guess you thought oh what what else can i create i think i'm going to feed more kids you created the Murray Children's Pantry. Well, you know what happened? <laughs> because, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to save the world. Now what do I do? And that's so funny. I've had more people say, well, are you just trying to save all the children of the world? And I said, oh, gosh, wouldn't so that be awesome? That wouldn't would that be, be awesome. awesome? Wouldn't that yeah. be awesome? No, I, but you, you could do it. So oh, thank I don't you. Past you. Oh, I'm getting a little old. But it's like I'm getting really tired. <laughs> but anyway, all these years of not sleeping. And anyway, so uh, that's true. So when USANA took over the Boys and Girls, I mean, the uh, Kids Eat program, uh, I had developed a, uh, well, not me, because I, I have to say at this point, you're making it sound like I did this all. And I did not. I mean, I just well, had I the idea. That you had... A lot of support, a lot of help, but you, oh, this you were the one that got the ball rolling, that started, you know, reached out to people and, and made things happen. You're very much uh, a person who gets things done. You know, we, we all have ideas of how we want to help the world and how we want to save people, but you actually implement those things. And that's the difference between you and 99% of the rest of the world is 
you do it. We think about it. We write things down in the middle of the night and then don't ever do anything with it. Well, it's easy to get stuck in a rut. And I do believe that people get in their own way and find other things that they think are more important. But, and, and, and truly there's lots of, I mean, I'm not saying ignore or, 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 uh, not be involved in those things in your in your life that are sure, important. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, you got to do family. You got to do. Right. You got to do your, your church and all of that. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. all else is out there. Absolutely, but um, just an example is like I turned off. I turned off all my televisions two years ago. Got rid of them. Smart. Well, they were annoying me. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing on. Well, you're not missing anything. Oh, I know, I know you. I'm not. I've got an iPad, and if I need to see if I need to see the new Dexter, I'm going to pull it up on my <laughs> and watch it there. You know, I don't need pay for that. So that just gave me more money to put into my my philanthropy and my and time. So how has help helping all these people? How has it affected your life? Let me go back for just a second and fig- finish that Murray Children's Pantry. Oh, sure, yeah. uh, when when uh, we turned Kids Eat over to um, USANA. Uh, then the USANA Foundation, then uh, I, with the help of all of these uh, volunteers and people, 68% of the food that was coming into our program was, was being donated by, by community, by churches, by uh, businesses. And we reached out to all of them to, to do these food drives and to f- fill uh, backpacks on their premises. So this network of food coming in had already been established, and USANA had chosen not to utilize that that format. They wanted to just get everything brand new, go d- directly to the distributors right. and, and put that all in. And, and they have great. that kind of power. Yeah. Uh, they, had, they had the ability to yeah. do that. But I thought, I'm not shutting that down. What can we do locally? So I got uh, Jim Brass, uh, who was on the council at the time, the Murray, uh, City, Murray, council. Murray mm-hmm. City Council, and um, Bob Dunn, uh, also you know, still in, in Boys and Girls Club, and said, oh, what do we do? How do we do this? Let's form a charity. Let's call it this. Let's and then and I said, but I can't be on the board because I I, I can't start it. I can't do it. I'm already in too many other things. But I will advise you. Right. And and to be honest, I felt in my heart there was maybe a conflict of interest with Kids Eat. I mean, I'm advisor. Sure. I've got that program. That's my legacy. That's that's where my heart. I mean, that's we're going to take that national. But this food coming in could still go to source resources and people, seniors and other that wasn't being serviced by the Kids Eat program. So uh, so Murray Children's Pantry. Uh, came forward and it is doing like 2000 meals a week and wow. and they found a place and and so it's it is working really good and we do our zoom calls and and I just throw out ideas and and their board of directors is amazing and they're doing amazing things too so that's cool that is that's I'm so proud cool. of them that's really really cool yeah so how has it affected your life being a having a lifetime of service what what has that brought to you uh you know you you <sighs> You ask me that in one of the questions saying, you know, what is it? I think it fills me within like nothing else does. I mean, it is the most, if it does something inside me that nothing else that I've ever done. And I learned that when that congressional award, that satisfaction Hmm. um, is, is, uh, is amazing. I, I, I think that it's, I got to do something with my time. Why Might not? As well you know, fix why, everything. yeah. Well, not fix everything, <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 going back to my the core of my childhood. I mean, why would I not try to do something that is improving 
not, not only my life, because in the process of being involved in, in these charities, I've met so many amazing people. And they've all been, um, some of them have stayed, most have gone, you know, just kind of pass through your life and, and, you, and you help each other get to the next level of whatever it is you're looking to do. Right. Uh, but I've met so many people that have been inspiring and helped me uh, want to do more or open my mind to, to think of doing things a different way. And that leads me back to five, the number five. Um, I've always felt that that it was a magic number. Not only do all my, all, there's not five letters in all my names. Right. <laughs> Linda Smart. And I was yeah. born on the fifth. And, uh, and so um, there's five, and I've, I've got this in my, I've got five whiteboards in my office to keep track of everything because I'm one of those people that if I can't see it, it doesn't, re- it doesn't exist. Sure. So, I mean, my, you know, don't go in my office and clean it up because, <laughs> because these piles mean something that's one project. These piles mean something that's another project. So there's five, there's five solutions to every situation that you may find yourself. You may have a problem. Uh, you can't think of the answer. There's five out there. You just, cause you can't think of them doesn't mean that's not going right. to happen, that there's not a, a way to fix it. And you're five people away from anybody in the world you want to meet or know. That's true. I do believe that. Yeah. And I always ask my guests, because my topic is how to bring our lives to move toward love and away from disconnection. But you spent your whole life moving toward love. That's what. That's who you are. You just move into something that needs to be done. You love the people around you. You love the people that you serve. How How do you share that energy with the people around you, that, that constant love? <laughs> I ask my kids. I mean, I and don't your know. kids are great. Oh my, I have amazing children <laughs> and grandchildren too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it all turned out so good. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I don't really know the answer to that. I I just I just have to do what I have to do. And uh, one of my partners in in Kids Eat was Jeff Partain, and he was really special in my world. And we really he with his help really helped do that kids eat too and he gave me this necklace that I never take off and it just says she believed she could so she did love it and I and that's, that's you. That, yeah. that I thought okay that is who I have to remain that is who I am and uh, one of the things you've spoken with on your other podcast with everyone is finding your purpose yeah and I truly believe that since the very beginning this has been my purpose mm. and I was lucky to find it well at age 40 something, you know, because you're busy living sure, life and kids, helping. You know. Yeah. And, and so, uh, just moving forward, I just continue to want that to be my purpose. And our newest, our newest thing oh my goodness. is <laughs> kids read Salt Lake Valley. <laughs> I was just going to say, are you going to take a break now? And you just got to sit oh, back and no, rest? No, no, no. Of course not. Oh, no. I've got so many things that need to be done. On my, on I'll the... talk to you in 20 years. You'll be almost 100 years old and you'll still have all I kinds hope. of foundations. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? That would be wonderful. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So we're putting, we're pulling those libraries uh, idea and doing a cultural exchange from Uganda back to Salt Lake Valley That's by placing beautiful. by placing these little libraries in Title One school neighborhoods where they're needed. Wow. Uh, people f- see them all over in affluent neighborhoods, 
but you don't find them in the areas where they're truly, truly needed. So with the help of the Murray uh, Rotary Club, who got behind this um, and said, yeah, let's run this. We want this to be one of our projects. So we're building libraries. By the end of the month, we'll have six installed. We're starting with Boys and Girls Clubs, and we've already spoken and are ready to run in the Murray School District. We've got those three already planned, and then, you know, we'll be moving out come spring. And that is just beautiful i love it <laughs> so that's our next that's our next love project <laughs> See, i'm a big fan of food and reading yeah, well, so you, you know, know feed, cover all my bases feeding the minds and children <laughs> i'm finding feeding the minds and tummies of children oh, i love that yeah i love that for anybody listening, I, I always offer my, my book at the end of the pro, the podcast. Day. And it's fabulous, by the way. I bought it when it first was first came out. She was I the loved first it. one. Yeah, I, yeah you did because so you are because you are such a cool person. Um, oh. But this month, if you buy a book to support the podcast, five dollars of that purchase will go toward the Murray Children's Pantry. Awesome! So, Thank um, you. Please, you know, buy a book, help pay for Roger's bills, help pay for Murray Food Pantry to help feed these kids, and. I just can't tell you what inspiration you are to me to see you doing so much good and to think I could do so much better and I could be so much more. And we, we, limit, we limit ourselves and we need to stop doing that because we can, we can solve so many problems. That's true. And I think people also need to remember that service is not political in nature and it's not yeah. religious in nature. It comes from your heart and it's, yeah. its, it's basis is love. Yeah, love and compassion. And that's the more we practice it, the better we get. Yep. Let's yeah. move forward in possibility. I love it. Thank you so much, Linda. You have been a great guest. Thank you, Perry. Good luck. Thank you. And <laughs> everything. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Come back again soon. Do you want more life and laughter? Check out my blog at lnlcoaching.com and find me on Instagram and Facebook at Life and Laughter Coaching. See you again soon.